Welcome to the Self-Publishing School Podcast. This is the podcast to listen to if you're an aspiring writer or an author who wants to be more successful. On this show, you'll learn how to write and launch a book successfully, all from the top authors and people just like you who are doing it at the highest level. I'm your host, Chandler Volt, the founder of Self-Publishing School, the author of the book called Published, and the CEO of selfpublishing.com. For free training on how to publish a book that sells 10,000 copies, go to selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. Hey everybody, Chandler Bolt here and joining me today is Jeff Goins. Jeff is an author, blogger, and speaker. And after working for seven years in the nonprofit world as a marketing and communication director, he now writes and speaks full time through his blog, online courses, live events, He challenges people to make their messages matter and helps them connect with their audiences. He's also the author of four books, including his most recent book, The Art of Work, which I'm sure we'll dive into a little bit in this interview. But really what we're going to be focusing on here today is the writing side of things and how Jeff has kind of really exploded things with his writing, also built built his tribe and is coming off the heels of one of his most successful book launches ever, I think, as far as I know. I'm sure we'll dive into that. So, Jeff, welcome. Thanks for having me, Chandler. Good to be here. Awesome. Well, let's before we get into kind of the writing, we'll get into some mechanics um, here, kind of how you do things as well. Before we get into all that, I kind of want to take it back a little bit to start into how did all this get started? Because as I mentioned a second ago, um, you're you working for several years in the nonprofit area, mm-hmm. like. How did you transition over from that? How did you get started, number one? And then how did you transition to going full-time? Yeah, so I got started realizing that what I felt like I was meant to do was not be a marketing director. As, as good at my job as I was at that, I just felt like at 27, 28 years old that I was succeeding at the wrong thing. And I was worried about where that would take me in 10 years. And I didn't hate my job. I wasn't stuck in some cubicle or anything, but I just felt like this isn't it. You know, I had a, an itch that I was trying to scratch and through a series of conversations and realizing my wife had been telling me this for years, I realized I, I was a writer. Like that's what I should be doing. And so I had a conversation around that time with a friend of mine and he asked me what my dream was. And I said, oh, I, I don't know. And uh, I was kind of afraid to admit it. And he said, really, I would have thought that your dream was to be a writer. Like he could see that just, you know, knowing me. And I think that's often the case. I think the people closest to you can see the things that we tend to want to ignore sometimes. And I said, yeah, I I guess you're right. I'd like to be a writer. And he said, Jeff, you don't have to want to be a writer. You are a writer. You just need to write. And the next day, I remember getting up at 5 a.m. and and pulled up my laptop and I said, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going to write. And I'd been writing kind of in you know, fits and starts for the past several years, but I hadn't really done it with any dedication or passion. And that next year I wrote every single day. I started publishing on on a blog every day for a year without fail. And that kind of catapulted me into all these opportunities that I never anticipated. The blog grew. I ended up getting a a book contract and uh, saw some opportunities as the blog audience grew to start a business. And all these things really came out of Two things, I think. One, uh, just admitting that I was a writer, you know, becoming this person that I wanted to be, and then doing it, doing the daily practice and sharing it with a small audience that grew over time. And what changed once he told you, hey, 
you're a rider, man. You need, you need to be riding. What changed in your mind to where going for a year straight? Cause that's a big difference from sure. going fits, fits and tantrums kind of in, in riding to yeah. full fledged riding every day for a year. Yeah. I think it was, um, I thought of myself as a writer after that, you know? And so what do writers do? Well, they write every day and I didn't know much beyond that, but I thought, uh, I don't have to be a good writer. I don't have to be an author. Like I don't have to, you know, be published, but I can be a writer. Like a writer is just someone who writes. There was no like official title that I was waiting to receive. Once I started thinking like that, when I started thinking really like a pro, uh, I started to act like one. And so I think what changed for me is I thought, I can't keep playing this amateur game. I've got to commit and try this out with serious dedication for a while. And once I started writing, I thought, I'm going to start a blog. I've done this before. I've started a blog, had some idea in the shower, rushed out and, you know, bought the domain and then nothing, you know, happens and I kind of flake out on it. And I was like, I'll do this for two years. Like I'll commit to this for two years. And if I don't see any fruit, if I don't see anything happen, and my goal was if I could get 250 subscribers in two years, it'll be worth it. And, uh, you know, tens of thousands and eventually hundreds of thousands of people later, uh, it was far more successful than I ever could have imagined. But I started really small, and the goal wasn't some phenomenal success. The goal was, this is who I am, therefore this is what I need to do. And I think that activity follows identity. That before you can go do something that you want to go accomplish some big goal, you have to change something about your mindset, about who you really believe you are, so that you can go do that thing. If you think of yourself as an amateur, or like you're faking it till you make it, or a wannabe, you're going to act like that. You're not going to bring your best work. And I think you need to do what Stephen Pressfield calls turning pro. And you do that first in your head. And then you start doing it on paper, on your laptop, in front of other people. So once you turn pro in your head and you said you start writing every day for a year because now you're a professional writer, right? What, yeah. were the, what were the first things that you wrote? Um, so I was practicing in public. So, I mean, I started my blog, goinswriter.com. And you can go back to the very first post of you know 800 posts now i think and you can find the first stupid thing i wrote and the second stupid thing i wrote and the third not so stupid thing i wrote and the fourth okay thing i wrote and you see this hopefully you see this progression of quality over time but it wasn't much and in fact i'm sort of known uh as a writer who coaches other writers and creatives and uh i didn't start out with that goal i just started out i'm gonna write and i'm gonna share what i want to talk about so i wrote about uh, I wrote about marketing because that's what I've been doing for years. I wrote about business and leadership and these kind of like personal development ideas that I had for years and years. And I'm the eldest of four kids. And so I was, I've been telling people what to do for most of my life. Now I was finally going to do it in a way that hopefully somebody listened. And uh, yeah, I mean, most, most of it was stories with some sort of lesson. And four years later now, that's, that's basically, basically what I'm doing today, just hopefully a little bit better. And now how did you go from writing those blog posts to doing your first book? What did that look like? So in 2010, I had this idea about starting a blog and, and I had this domain that I was basically using as a writing portfolio site. The end of 2010, I had this revelation that I was a writer and I needed to start writing. In 2011, I rebooted my blog. Um, you know, had a friend design a header for me for free. And I was like, going to get professional about branding and all of that stuff. And then I started writing on it in 2011. 
Uh, by the end of that year, I had a book contract, which wasn't much money. I didn't have some big, huge, you know, book advance or anything. But somebody wanted to pay me to write a book, and I was like, "This is awesome." And then in 2012, uh, I ended up writing and publishing two books: one self-published, one traditionally published. The the traditionally published book was supposed to come out in August of 2012, but in between when I signed the contract for that book in 2011, and then it coming out in 2012. Uh, we had a baby and our life changed. And one of the things that changed was that my wife wanted to stay home and raise our son and we could not afford for her to do that. And so I tried to figure out how can I replace her income? And I heard everybody talking about eBooks and you know, this was like the gold rush of the internet in 2012. And I had this friend who had made like $40,000 off an eBook in two months. So I called her up and I was like, how do you do that? She told me how she did it. And so I wrote a book in like a month. This is before the traditionally published book came out. So I turned in my first book, Wrecked. And while that's being edited, I'm like, I got to make some money. And so I went and I wrote this ebook called You're a Writer, which is just about this experience that I'm telling you, how I became a writer, how I started a blog, how I overcame all these mental blocks. And then that book came out before the traditional book. And that book replaced my wife's income ended up replacing my income. We launched a course connected with that. We ended up doubling and then tripling our income all in that year. So that by the end of 2012, I was making plans to quit my job and my wife was staying home and we were moving in the direction of our dreams. It was crazy. Now, so you, you said you wrote the, the, the first book in a month and then that was the traditionally published one. The first book took like four months. It was a okay. longer book and I wrote that I signed the contract in August of 2011. I started writing that. And by January-ish, it was done being edited. And so March came around and our son was due in June. I was like, all right, gotta, gotta make some money. And that's when I started the ebook, just really as a means of trying to, to, to make some side income. And that blew up in some big unexpected ways. Uh, and that plus the launch of the, tr the traditional book. I wouldn't recommend writing two books in a year, typically. Um, depends what you do, I guess, but it, it ended up working really well. And it was out of just this financial necessity. But the second book, uh, the, uh, you're a writer, got the idea in March, started writing it in April and it came out in May. And by the end of the year, we had made, uh, $50,000 off of the book and another, another hundred thousand dollars off of the course and other things that we had kind of created around the book. It was, it was crazy. Wow. Nothing like having a kid to get, kick your butt in gear, huh? Yeah. I have said before that I would not be uh, an entrepreneur if it weren't for my son. And that's absolutely right. Wow. What a, what a great thing. I'm sure as he gets older as well, that, that'll sink in a little bit more. And that's such a great gift to be able to give to him, right? Yeah. Except when he like wants a car or something, he's like, dad, now really this money's my money because I made this happen. <laughs> Remember dad, you wouldn't be an entrepreneur if it wasn't for me. I saw yeah. that interview. I heard you say it. <laughs> Chandler Bolt says. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, let's dive into what that, uh, the writing process looked for the traditionally published book. And then we'll get into the other book and then we'll kind of draw some differences but let's let's start for that first book and what did that process look like because you're going from blog posts to now writing your first book yeah yeah i there's different ways to look at this I, I do think that blog writing is different from book writing this idea i think i think a blog is a great way to practice but this idea that you can just take a bunch of blog posts and turn it into a book uh i just don't think i don't think it works i have a friend who's doing that right now and he did it well 
but it took months and months of editing to kind of create the arc that a book has. If you think about a blog post, typically the structure of a well-written blog post is you've got some headline and some sort of something to grab their attention, a lead paragraph, a startling quote or statistic or question that you know grabs people, pulls them into the article. Then you transition into the body. You've got main points or a story that progresses in some, in some sort of logical or narrative order. And then you wrap it up with a call to action, sometimes a question, and it's done. Like there's an arc to it, right? There's an emotional experience that you have. If you do that in a book, you know, every 500 words or every thousand words, it's just up and down, up and down, up and down. A book has a much more gradual kind of projection, necessarily so. And uh, I, I think that when you're writing a book, you got to think, okay, who, who am I or, or what is the situation at the beginning of the book? And then what is it at the end of the book? And if you're writing a fiction book, uh, you've got some problem and then you work through that problem and then, and then you, over, you overcome that problem and it either ends in success or failure, but there's resolution to the conflict. In nonfiction, it's the same sort of thing. You've got some problem that the reader has uh, that either you personally had or you've got some sort of expertise. You want to solve that problem. Then you're going to lead them through this process like you would in a blog post, but it's much more gradual that ultimately leads to hopefully success, overcoming this problem. And when you're writing a book, you know, that, that's what you're thinking about. I think the, the, the main thing you need to be thinking about is not just what is this about? I think when, you, when somebody says, what's your book about? That's not what they're really asking. They're saying, why should I read this book? What's in it for me? And in a nonfiction book, uh, in fiction is this, this way too, but it's a little bit different. In a nonfiction book, you're really wanting to solve a problem. Like what is the problem that your book solves? It can be an implicit problem like I'm going to help people have more confidence in themselves, something internal. Or it can be an explicit or external problem like I'm going to help you make more money. And, uh, and it can, or it can be you know, both of those. But there needs to be some central problem that you're going to help uh, the reader attack and then you're going to lead them through that progression. And then, and then you just break that down into chapters. Like each chapter needs to be a part or a piece or a step of that problem. I have a friend who writes lots and lots of nonfiction books, and he says every chapter needs to answer another question. You've got one big question, like how do I make money online? And then you've got 10 little questions that each represent a different chapter. Okay, well, how do you make money online? Well, you start a blog, you, you, start, a, you start a website, and you build an email list, and then you find out what people want, and you create a, a you know, product. Well, those are steps, right? Within each of those steps, there's questions. Well, I need a website. How do I build a website? I need an email list. How do I build an email list? How do I find out what people want? How do I, how do I sell it to them? How do I keep making money? So you can see, you know, once you have some big central problem that you solve, some big question that you answer, it can elicit all of these other questions. And I don't know that I, I didn't know any of this going into writing my first book. You sort of have to learn it by doing it. But going in with some structure, I think, is really, really useful. And once I'd done that once with the traditional book, I, I could do it a lot faster with um, this published book. So did you go in with any sort of structure on that first book? Yeah. I mean, you know, working with a traditional publisher, I think, is beneficial in that they sort of force you to, to, to adhere to their structure in some ways. And they give you a lot of leeway, more than I ever expected. But um, they told me two things that I thought was useful. First, when you typically when you um, get a book contract, you've got to submit a proposal. And a proposal is the book outline. It's what you want to say. You're going to say, here's what I want to say. Here's why this book is different from other books. 
here are other books that are like it. And if you go, oh, there's nothing like my book, the publisher doesn't want to hear that because that means that there's no category for it. There's no place to put it on the shelf. People want to say, uh, your book is like so-and-so's, but it's different in this way, right? And if they can't put it in a category, it's irrelevant to them. So you want you want to write a book that, that that has companions, you know, it has friends on the bookshelf. There are other books like it. But then you want to say something unique in that in that niche, in that genre. Uh, and then, you know, you talk about who will read it and then what you're actually going to say. In chapter one, I'm going to say something like this. And a lot of it's just sort of making it up as you go, but it gives some structure for you to dive in. So the first thing that they did for me was they helped me come up with that structure. And for me, it was just, um, you know, this was a book about how we find our purpose through uh, uh, acts of sacrifice, acts of self-sacrifice, selflessness. When you think of finding your purpose, you think of, about me. And the book was counterintuitive in that it was, no, you need to not think about you, you need to think about other people, and that's where you discover a meaningful life. And then each chapter was just sort of a different step or part of that process. And I would just say, oh, in this chapter, I'm going to talk about this part of it. And I'd worked in the nonprofit sector for years and, you know, really had a, I felt like I had a sense of seeing people constantly sacrificing themselves for the good of other people. And I was learning some of the, the trends and themes, you know, from watching that. Um, the other thing that I learned, and this is really helpful. Once you have that structure, my editor said this to me, I said, where do I begin? He said, write what most excites you. What are you most excited about saying about this topic right now? Write that first. Don't wait till the end to do that. Like don't start at the beginning of the book. If the thing that you're most excited about is chapter four, start with chapter four, start in the middle and you'll kind of fill in the, the parts that you're less excited about, but start where the energy is. And I, I think that's a great idea. Hey, Chandler Bolt here. I hope you're loving this episode so far. It's time to go from inspiration to implementation. All right, so if you've learned something, we want to help you implement what you've learned with your book. So what I want you to do right now is go to selfpublishing.com forward slash schedule, book a publishing consultation with one of the experts on my team. We'll talk about your goals for your book, your dreams, your challenges, your next steps, and we'll start putting together a plan. All right, so go to selfpublishing.com forward slash schedule, book a call with the team. Let's see how we can help with your book. It's time to implement I want to take just a step back here because as you were talking about that, I was curious because I realized we didn't even touch on this. How did you get the book deal in in the first place? Like right. what did that look like? Yeah. So what it looked like was I was, I basically grew this blog. I, I was posting on this blog for six months. The audience was not growing that quickly. I had about 70 email subscribers on a list after six months of doing it, blogging daily. And I was like, uh, this isn't, you know, this isn't going. I think by two years, I'll have my 250 people. But I wanted, I wanted to see something happen faster. And I'd heard a ton about email lists and ebooks. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, that doesn't work. And I was like, okay, I'll try it. I'll write an ebook and I'll, and I'll release it. And I, and I used an old blog post called um, uh, Writers Don't Write to Get Read or something. And uh, Writers Don't Write to Get Published. And it was about the writing for the love of writing, which is really what I'm about. Um, and I think you can do that and still be practical. So I wrote this thing called the writer's manifesto, which was 900 words. It wasn't even an ebook. It was an article in PDF form. And I said, Hey, if you join my email list, you will, um, uh, you know, you'll get this free book. 
And I shared it, you know, on, on Twitter, on Facebook. I didn't have any huge networks, you know, several hundred people following me on Twitter, uh, you know, several hundred friends on Facebook. Uh, but I went out to several people that I had started to connect with uh, and intentionally reached out to some influencers that I had started to get to know. And one of those people was Michael Hyatt, whom I had befriended in the past year. And we live in the same town and we had started to, we got together for coffee a couple of times. He didn't know me really well, but I'd never asked him for anything. And I had gone out of my way to try to show him, hey, here's what I learned from you. And here's um, you know, here's what your blog has meant to me and your message has meant to me. And, uh, not with any intent of asking him for anything, but just realizing this is how relationships start. They don't start with me asking you to do a bunch of favors for me. So, you know, I had basically known him for seven months and hadn't asked him for anything. So I sent him an email and I said, Hey, I wrote this thing. What do you think about it? And he said, Oh, I love this. This is great. I said, well, would you mind, uh, off, you know, endorsing it, just writing a, this is 900 words. You read it in like five minutes. And, uh, I, you know, and he wrote a nice little write up of it, endorsing it. And then I launched that ebook and he and a bunch of other people started talking about it. And my email list grew from 70 people to a thousand in a week. And then once I had that lead magnet, once I had that ebook in place, a thousand became 2000 and then 5,000 and then, I don't know, probably close to 10,000 people. And then people started reaching out to me, um, literary agents and, you know, smaller publishers. And I was at a conference in Chicago and met this uh, acquisitions editor, the person who's in charge of bringing books into the publishing house. And we met and we talked because I'd love to publish you. And I said, I'd love to be published. So where do I sign? And, and I had a friend who was an agent. I didn't have an agent at the time. The publisher offered me a contract again wasn't much money but it was an opportunity to get published and i just thought man i i thought this would happen in like 10 years and here it happened in eight months um and, and so i had a friend who was an agent i involved him in that but really it came about as a result of getting an ebook out there trying to be generous do the things that you know you hear so many people talking about online um and then meeting somebody at a conference kind of uh you know by happenstance and, and then, you know, saying yes to an opportunity and, and, and figuring it out along the way. But without that email list, nobody would have cared. Nobody would have been, been watching me. And uh, yeah, it was, it was a great opportunity. That's a great story. And let's, let's talk about, so we, we kind of, we kind of took a step back there. Yeah. Um, a little, I was a little curious, a uh, little fun bunny trail. Um, but so we talked about this first published book that you wrote, and now let's talk about the self-published book that you were writing when it was crunch time, right? Baby, baby's coming. I got to get something else out and, and, and make some money. How did that process differ from the published book? Now that this is your second book, but it's, it's different. It's yeah. published versus traditional. Yeah, it's funny. I wrote it second, but it came out before the, the traditional book. So it's almost like my first book. Uh, it was the second book I wrote, the first book I published. I, I, have, sorry, I have the exact same story. And it's so yeah. confusing to tell people like, oh, yeah. first book I wrote was not the first. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. It's hopefully I'll just write a bunch of books and people will you know stop asking me numbers because it's confusing. Um, the process was different. I really thought about audience with this one. The first book I wrote, because I was like expressing myself, and this is your first book, and everybody wants to write a book. I wrote this book, You Are a Writer, because I wanted to sell it. And I still wrote it with passion, and I, I you know, said things that were true, uh, but I really thought about audience. I thought about how is this going to get marketed? What, you know, how is this going to help people? 
And how can I position this as a book that people will want to buy? And it was a book about writing, you know, so it's very different from sort of the, you know, self-help book that I had just written. Um, and, uh, and I, I, every day I sat down to write, it was shorter too. It was 20,000 words versus my, you know, traditional book was, which was 40,000 words, both short books, but you know, uh, significantly shorter. And it was all kind of practical. Uh, Hey, you want to be a writer? Call yourself a writer. Here's, here's my story about how to do that. Hey, you, you want to get good? Start practicing. Here's my story about that. And here's other stories about that. And just every chapter were these short practical steps in, in the process. And it was quick because it had to be, and it was very direct because I was trying to reach a specific audience and help them. And so sometimes I write books and I'm just sort of expressing an idea. There's still an argument. There's still a question or problem that I'm trying to solve, but it's a little bit more out there. This book was very focused. And I think, you know, that this, the following success was a result of that focus. You either knew that this was a book for you or it wasn't for you. You are a writer. No, I'm not. See you later. But people pick up that book and they go, yes, I am a writer. I want to be a writer. I'm going to read this book. And it immediately connected with the target audience, which um, w taught me something about uh, art and audience, how you can creatively express yourself, but also think about the person that you're trying to reach. And by being specific, did that make writing that book easier? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Uh, it, it wasn't hard. It wasn't a slog. Again, I had a deadline, which I think is the best way that I'm most creative. Um, but I just, I got down and I worked on it every single day and I wrote it in about a month and then I quickly formatted it and put it on Amazon and, and put it out there. And, um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, I don't, I don't remember struggling to write that book because I had just lived this for the past year and a half, you know, starting this blog, getting a publishing contract, starting to get published in magazines, getting my work out there, growing an audience. And I had tried to do it the other way. I tried to do it where I didn't have a blog, where I did I was like, I don't need a platform. And I was writing to that person that was, you know, from five years ago. I was going, oh, I don't need any of that stuff. And I'm going, listen, listen, little me, you need this. This is future me saying, you're going to want this earlier. And yeah, I just gone through it. I was living it. And I felt like I, I was basically writing that book for a younger version of myself, which incidentally, I, I think is not a bad strategy. Now, is that book, the way you wrote that book, different than the other three that you've written? I think every book, you relearn how to write a book. At least that's been my experience with four books so far. I had a, a conversation with Guy Kawasaki, uh, and he, uh, I asked him, I asked him this question. He's written probably a dozen books now, and I said, um, he used to work with Steve Jobs, and he's, written, he's the author of a lot of business books. And I said... Um, uh, you know, every time I write a book, I feel like I'm sort of dying and, and, and like learning how to write all over again. I said, does that ever go away? I mean, did you experience this with your, you know, 10th book or whatever? And he goes, he goes, no, like he goes after like the seventh or eighth book that goes away and you just kind of figure it out. And I, and I thought, oh, that's good to know. I've only, and this was like, at this point I'd written two books. I was like, I only have five more books to go. Great. And, uh, yeah, so it was sort of humbling, but, um, I'm still, you know, all that to say every book I've learned something different. When I wrote my first book, I learned how to write a book. Uh, when I wrote the second book, I learned who to write a book for. When I wrote the third book, I learned how to tell stories, which was, have, it's always been important in my writing, but I, but I, I had a book full of stories and that book did not sell as well as some of the other books. 
but I, I'm glad I wrote that book because I learned how to tell stories by the end of it. And if I could go back and rewrite that book, I'd tell it way differently. So then with my last book, The Art of Work, I was able to weave all of these lessons together. How do I, how do I you know, now I know that, I, now, now that I know how to structure a book, how do I say something to an audience that feels like a creative expression of myself, but also connects with them? And how do I do it in narrative form? Because I believe that that can be transformative to people. And how can I bring all of these lessons that I've learned over the previous three books and combine them into, you know, one great book? And, and that's what I tried to do. And I felt like um, I was able to do that in terms of everything that I've learned up, up to this point, I kind of brought together in one book. And do you feel like that book is your best work so far or has been your best work because of that? Uh, yeah, I think so. I mean, hopefully this isn't, you know, a writer isn't guaranteed this, that every next book will be your best book. Some people peak early, some people peak late. Um, but uh, I hope that the books keep getting better and better. Um, and I do think that this was a book that I, I will hopefully read years from now and still feel good about. Uh, sometimes when you write a book, you immediately, like, you'll publish it, and then you'll go back and go, oh, man, I'm an idiot. Because by the time it's out there, it's six to 12 months after you've written it. And you've grown so much as a writer, you want to go back and rewrite the whole thing. Mm. When I finished The Art of Work, and then it got printed and edited, and I, you know, I, I read it, I was like, this, this isn't so bad. Like a sentence here, a paragraph there, like not so bad. I, I felt like I was able to enjoy my book, not as the person who created it, but as a reader. And um, I think that's what we're all trying to do is create something that we would actually want to read. And we wouldn't just read it because we wrote it, you know? And uh, yeah, but I hope to keep, keep growing. I mean, a lot of times I think people get stuck with how to start and they go, um, which book should I write first? I've got eight, eight ideas for a book. Which one should I write first? And I always say, write your worst book first. Like take your worst idea and write that first. I mean, <laughs> do what excites you, you know, but like, don't try to write three books at once. Try to write one book, you know, at a time and get it done and work, go to the next one and write it as frequently as you can. But by and large, your first work is going to be your worst one because you haven't learned much. And every time you write a book, you're going to learn something. And I think writing a book is the best way to grow as a writer. Nothing stretches me like that. Blogging is great. Going to conferences is fine. Reading is great. But nothing forces me to grow as a writer as actually writing a book that I know people are going to read and I'm nervous, right? I have to... I have to take an idea and sort of at, at, you know, kind of scope it out in some sort of comprehensive way. What's my argument? What's the story that I want to tell? And, and then be willing to commit to publishing it and, and hope that I don't get one star reviews because, uh, you know, then I'll feel terrible about the, you know, so that pressure makes me create something good and it forces me to grow in ways that I wouldn't grow otherwise. That's a great point. And how long did it take you to write the art of work? Well, I, 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 I say really like a year. Um, and I think now for me, it takes me about a year to write a good book. But what that looks like is I started the book in like December. Uh, I had an early version of it done in, well, I, maybe I started in like November. I had an early version done in March. And then I edited it like six more times in like the last you know, version of it was done in like October, you know, and, but that's lots of back and forth with the publisher, lots of edits and stuff. 
So I can write a book in three or four months and then spend another three to six months editing it, really saying what I want to say with it. And I know people who write way faster than that. Um, you know, they can write a book in a week, you know, or, you know, a month. And I, I've done that before. Uh, but if you're going to like, if you don't have the message in you and you've got to do some research and the art of work was this really comprehensive book, right? Interviewed people and I read a bunch of books and I kind of assimilated my life story into it. And then I had to tell these stories. Well, it just took a lot of time. And I, and I just, I really enjoyed that process a lot. Um, but it certainly, uh, took the longest to write. And I think the quality shows that, I mean, you, you see that, that I, I took sentences and I wrote them and rewrote them and rewrote them and rewrote them until they said what I wanted them to say. And you talked about writing on a deadline earlier and how that deadline drives you to do some of your best work. Have you had, a, did you have a deadline for art of work and have you had a deadline for all of your books? Always had a deadline, uh, either self-imposed or others imposed. And it's usually better when it's not self-imposed because you sort of give yourself an out. So However you can create that accountability for you, I think is really important. Um, but I've always had a deadline. I've met, I've met every single deadline except for the art of work. I, I pushed it back just a few weeks because I felt so strongly that there was something that was in the book that what like that, that it just wasn't right. And I basically went back and rewrote the book, reworking all of the different chapters to kind of have the feel and flow that I wanted it to have. I don't. I didn't know at the time that authors are notoriously bad about keeping their deadlines, and they'll miss them by six months. So missing a deadline by a few days or a few weeks made me really nervous. In general, I'm a big fan of honoring your commitments. You know, hitting those deadlines um, and and trying to stick to the schedule as much as you can, because within those constraints, really good creative work will emerge. And what do you do to help hit those self-imposed deadlines? I think, I mean, I, I think there are really practical things that you can do, like carve out time every day to write. Don't just say, I'm going to get to it. Like have a blocked out schedule of time where you know you're going to be focused on this, where you're not checking email, you're not watching Twitter, you're not answering the phone. For me, that tends to be early in the morning, not always. When it's late at night, it's so easy for me to just go, I'm going to go to bed, I'm going to do it tomorrow. And then, you know, and then you get, and then you wake up late or, you know, in my case, you know, my toddler doesn't sleep through the night for some reason. Then I'm sleeping in and, you know, dragging the whole day and drinking lots of coffee and forgetting about my book. And so I, when I'm working on a book, I intentionally block out, um, you know, schedule time to write. And I've written um, three books while employed and only one book as, as a full-time writer. And so now I have a little bit more leeway with my schedule, but I'm also running a business. And so what surprised me being a full-time writer when I finally became a, a writer, this was my full-time gig, was I still had to fight for time to write. It didn't just come. You will always have to block out that time uh, because there's always going to be some distraction, some, something to fill your time, some demand on your schedule. And so for me, it means, um, it means two things. One, it means setting the deadline, and then it means working backwards from that deadline and saying, how much time do I need to write every day? And how many words do I need to write every day to get to that deadline? I use Scrivener. I love that. If for no other reason, then you can say, this is when my manuscript is due and it needs to be this long. It needs to be 50,000 words. And I've got 120 days. How much do I need to write every single day? And it'll tell you. And then if you fall, and then it'll, it'll 
you know, it'll calculate how many words you wrote today. And it'll tell you how many words you need to write tomorrow. I'll keep recalculating that like a GPS. I love it. I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of that, you know, for no other reason than you can set the deadline and then work backwards from it. But that, that's what it takes for me is the deadline, uh, the discipline of daily writing, and then some sort of daily target. So, so you start your books with a word count goal in mind? Yeah, typically. Mm-hmm. And then How I do you and- come up with that or good. It depends on the type of book, uh, the category of the book. So if I'm writing a, like a business advice book, those books are, you know, two to 300 pages. I mean, the the exceptions are, you know, the four five, 600 word books typically. Uh, and then from there I go, okay, here's, you know, so, so typically with with that genre of book, I'm going to write 50 to 65,000 words. And that just gives me some structure to say, okay, if I'm going to write 60,000 words and I've got 12 chapters, then the average chapter is probably going to be about 5,000 words. I need that kind of structure. If I just write, I just talk about whatever, I'll just keep going on and on and on. I need a frame for the art so that even if I want to kind of go outside the lines, I know that I'm going outside the lines. That isn't everybody's process, but that works really well for me. And every kind of book has a structure. A novella has a structure. A novel has a structure. De- depending on, on the subject, you know, the, the length and breadth of what you're wanting to say, there's some, you know, there's some idea of, uh, of how long it's going to be. So typically I think how many, how many pages is it going to be? How, you know, 300 words I think are on a page-ish. And then I just calculate it from there. And I go, this is a target that as I approach this, I can continue to sort of mess with. So the art of work was going to be, I don't know, a 50,000 word book. And it ended up, and then when I was finished, it was like a 65,000 word book. And then I think I cut it back to like 55,000 words or something. Um, So typically you set a goal, you probably overshoot it if you're like me, and then you edit it down to more or less what it needs to be. And then maybe add a little bit extra when you want to, you know, say everything that you want to say. But I think the best way to do it is to find a book that, you know, you want to write a book like something that's already out there. You're not copying, you're not mimicking, none of that stuff. But it's not going to be like, there's, it's not like there's no book like this ever before. There's some book like it. You can still do innovative work, building on what other people have done. Pull a book off the shelf that you like or that you want to write like and go, how many pages is this? And, um, you know, multiply that by 300-ish. And that's your rough word count to at least get you started. Got it. And do you keep writing blog posts while you're working on a, on a book? I do. And I think there's three ways to do this. There's, I'm going to stop my blog and write my book for six months or whatever, and then go back to my blog. I think you lose a lot of momentum doing that. And then you're like, Hey, I'm, I'm back Buy my book. And they're like, we haven't heard from you for, for six months. I don't, that doesn't always work on the promotional side. Then I've done the crazy thing where I write on the blog daily and then I'm writing in the book daily. And that feels crazy as it should. And I think the happy medium is to write less on the blog, uh, but and and to you know give your best work to your book, but to but to still keep writing on the blog. And if nothing else, you could say, here's an excerpt from my book that I've been writing, you know, and and here's what I'm learning, you know, working on this book right now. I find that when I'm writing, the more work I'm doing, uh, the the more work I can do. That you know, the more stuff I can create. The more creative I am, the more creative I become, and I can just create more and more. Uh, work and, and the less creative I am, uh, you know, the less I'm creating, the, the less creative it makes me. And so it's not hard for me while I'm writing, you know, a thousand words a day for 
uh, a book to you know push out another 400 words for you know a blog post talking about what I'm working on because I've already got that momentum. The hardest part for me is is to get started, but I do kind of step back from from the blog a little bit, and when I can, I will write in batches. So I'll write you know all the all the week's blog posts you know on an afternoon so that then I can spend the rest of the week focus on that book. So you batch you'll have like a blog afternoon or a blog day and then the rest of the week spent on your book? Yeah, when I'm planning it out well and not kind of scrambling to get it all organized. Um, yeah, and I'll and I'll write a few blog posts for the week and then and then I'll do the daily writing in the book. And when you're not writing a book, what is that blog writing schedule? look like versus the other demands that you have speaking coaching running the course all that stuff i still try to batch stuff because i have more ideas than i know what to do with in a given day and i try to carve out writing time i write every day but i don't write and publish on my blog anymore any day i let ideas sort of uh sit and 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 you know i sit on the ideas i let them germinate for a while but typically i'm publishing you know something on the blog about three times a week and and I and I use what's what I call the three bucket system. The three buckets are uh, ideas, drafts, and edits. Ideas are you know I'm walking around the neighborhood or whatever, and I go oh, I got an idea, and I like write it down in Evernote on my phone, and then I just I'm constantly grabbing ideas, or I'll wake up in the middle of the night and write the idea down, and then when it's time to write, usually in the morning I'll sit down and I'll I'll take one of those ideas out of the idea bucket, usually in Evernote, just an Evernote file. And then I'll, I'll draft it. I'll turn it into a 500-word piece that isn't polished. It's just it's a rough draft. And then I'll kind of tuck that into a little drafts folder on my computer. And then in that drafts folder, I've got another draft, something that's kind of sat there that I've been thinking about. And I'll pull it out, and I'll, I'll edit it, and I'll finish it. And then I'll, I'll publish it, or I'll schedule it to publish, or I'll either send it to the blog or you know, save it for a book that I'm writing. I'll you know send it to a magazine or something for an article. I'll find a home for it, and that's how I write every day. Um, you know, three three different buckets, and if you fill each bucket, especially for coming up with content for a blog, you'll never run out of something to do. You can always sit down and you can you can edit a piece, you can draft something, you can kind of keep moving the system forward. And all you need to do that is you need to have two ideas in the bucket. So come up with two ideas right now, and then tomorrow you can pull one out, you can draft it, and then. And then the next day, you can uh, go back, hopefully, and then put another idea in. And then you can take your draft and you can edit it. And then you can pull another uh, idea out and draft it. And it just keeps going. When I started writing, the day that I wrote two blog posts in one day and I created buffer for me, like what, where I, I had a little bit of room in between when I was, what I'd written and when I was going to publish something, that was like a, a magical, magical day. It's I'm like a weight being lifted, right? Yeah, all of a sudden there wasn't this pressure to, to come up with an idea, write it, edit it so that people actually want to read it, and then publish it all on the same day. I think that's, that's not the way the writing process works. The writing process is different pieces. Most people think writing is all of this into one, you know, one combined process, and I think it's those three different things, coming up with ideas, drafting them, and then editing them. I love that three-step process, and I think people will really love that as well. Any other productivity tips or, or writing tips in that vein? Things that you use, things that are helpful? I don't, I don't, I don't think so. Uh, I'm not a pr productivity guy, um, but I see the need for it. Like when I'm when I'm not being productive, I'm not producing, and I like making things, but I don't like systems and rules and plans. But one of the things that I've learned 
is that as messy as I am and as messy as the creative process is, that when my life is cluttered, when it's filled with lots of distractions or my, my, my desk is literally a mess, there's a certain point at which I can't create in that. It becomes restrictive. And so as messy as I am, I think that clutter is the enemy of creativity, or it certainly can be in my case. And so as much as you can fight for a clean workspace to focus on the work that you have to do, even if it means running out of the house and going to a coffee shop or finding some space where there's, there's room to create, I think is important. And, and that's, you know, every once in a while I'll go, oh my gosh, this is a mess. I've got I've, I've to just stop and bring some order to this because creativity is, is a chaotic experience, but it is the process of pulling order out of chaos. It's not just making more chaos. It's really bringing order to things. Story, there's structure, uh, you know, ideas, there's structure. I mean, you know, writing is the process of saying this is the way this works. Even the most beautiful prose, there's, you're taking something out of nothing and there's, there's inherent order to it. In order to do that well, I think you have to try to have order around you as much as you can. And I say that with the caveat, a lot of days my, my desk is a mess, but I don't think that helps my creativity any. That's great. And Jeff, this has been great. And before we hop off a couple things, um, one last thing I want to ask is what would be your, your final like parting tip for people thinking about writing that first book? I think uh, the thing that you need to think about before you think about writing a book is how can I start writing every day? Uh, I, I think the, the distinction between professionals and amateurs. And, and I, I make that distinction not as you get paid to do it and you don't get paid to do it, but a mindset. I had an amateur mindset when I wasn't writing every day. The way to go from amateur to pro uh, is to, first of all, acknowledge that you are a writer. And then secondly, to do what writers do. They write and they write every single day. My challenge is to write 500 words a day for a month and see what happens. When I started doing that, I became a better, cleaner, uh, more disciplined writer. And as I did that, I got, I got, I, I got more and more disciplined. I got more and more structured and I'm not a structured guy, but it was like a muscle. And the more I worked it out, the stronger it became and the more I was able to produce and 500 words became 1500 words. And you know, there's days when I wrote 5,000 words, but it all starts with, you know, going into the gym and, and doing a few reps, going, going home, taking a shower and then getting up tomorrow and then doing it again, doing it day after day after day. I can't remember who said it. Maybe it was John Acuff. He said that discipline begets discipline. I think that's absolutely true with writing. Before you can think about writing a book, you need to, you need to think about who you are as a writer and then what do writers do? They write every day. Um, if you start writing every day for as little as you know, 500 words a day, I think that's like 30 minutes for most people. Um, it won't be a question of when do I get to write my book, but really – when do I get to publish this book that I've already written? Because 500 words a day, several months in, you're going to have a book. That's great. And then once you do that, you can be writing strong like Jeff Goins, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Jeff, thanks so much. Before we part here, where's the best place where people can find out more information about you? Best place to go is uh, goinswriter.com. You'll get uh, a uh, opportunity to... Sign up for my email list. You'll get several free things, including a, 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 a free ebook on how to build your audience, which is something that most authors and writers struggle with, and a whole bunch of other cool stuff. And that's like coins, but with a G, or as I was reminded in middle school, groins without the R. 
goingswriter.com uh, and you'll find out more about that. Thanks. Awesome. Thanks, brother. Talk to you soon. Thank you, Chandler. Thank you so much for watching or listening to this episode of the Self-Publishing School Podcast. I know there's so many places that you can be spending your time. There's other podcasts that you could be listening to, YouTube channels that you could be watching. Uh, so thank you so much. It means the world. Now, I want you to do three things right now if you found this episode. All right, number one, I don't know if you know this, but we've got a YouTube channel. It's a companion channel to this podcast. All the video versions of the episode are on the YouTube channel. So number one, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Number two, if you're listening to this podcast, wherever, whether this is Spotify, Apple Podcasts, number two, I want you to subscribe to this podcast right now so you don't miss a future episode. Uh, and then number three, this is probably the most important, uh, leave a review on the podcast. All right. Reviews are super important and help the podcast get discovered by other people. Uh, so number three, leave a review on the podcast. Thank you so much. I'll see you in the next episode. If you're on the fence about scheduling a publishing consultation call with my team, maybe you're not quite ready uh, for that, I've got some free training that I think will be really helpful for you. All right, all you have to do is go to register to sign up. Go to selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. When you do, you're also going to get a free digital copy of my new book, Published. And on that training, you're going to learn the next step, so how to implement with your book. So how to write, how to publish, how to launch successfully. So go to register right now at selfpublishing.com forward slash free training. I'll see you there.